everyone. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Theology and Perspective podcast. As always, I'm Ronnie, and with me I have... Christian. Hey, everybody. So, and we, we have something really special for you guys this week. I think you're going to be really excited about this, because we have invited someone who is agnostic to be on the show with us today. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, introduce yourself just a little bit. Yeah, my name is Jamie. Um, I was raised in a Mormon church. My parents are both Mormon. And uh, when I was in college, I started studying religion and became agnostic. Awesome, awesome. Well, not, that's not awesome. You're agnostic. We hate that. We're, we're going to convert you. So this podcast is going to go to your converted. See you in five years. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think my laptop has as much memory. Sorry. So when this podcast is released five years from now. <laughs> um, you're, you're how old now? I'm uh, 29. 29. So, so you'll be 34. Yeah. No. Uh, I'll be 30 in a week if we can go there. That's. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, we, uh, we definitely, when I first suggested that we have Jamie on uh, to Christian, uh, part of what we want to do is like we just we don't want to just be theology. We want to be perspective as well. Yeah. Um, so Jamie brings a different perspective, and we're going to talk a little bit about you know his Mormon background. Um, thought that'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to kind of let Jamie interview us. Yeah, that sounds like an idea. I think I thought that was a brilliant idea when he first presented it to me. So yeah, no, most definitely. No yeah. problem. So we'll get you know you can kind of give us those challenges that we wouldn't normally get in a Christian circle. So right, right. right. That'll be uh, that'll be really fun. But before we get into that, like Christian, what's new with you this week? Well, I cleaned my room. Sorry, there's not a whole lot of work going on, so there's not a whole lot of new stuff. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny you say that because that makes me think of Joe Rogan um, on his podcast. He always talks about cluttered room, cluttered mind. Right. Um, so you know, Joe Rogan's got a secular. Some you know, some of you're like, oh, you listen to Joe Rogan, you heathen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Heathen's going to be my favorite word this podcast. I'm just letting everybody. Well, it's because we got one with us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we're definitely going to be heckling. Jamie, but know that it is in you know good spirit. Uh, Jamie's a really close friend of mine, so um, he's used to it. And, and there's all ulterior motives here. Yeah. Wait, what? We're gonna, you're <laughs> oh, gonna get saved. That's right. Yeah, and you're yeah. gonna get saved. <laughs> Conversion within the next five years. So, Jamie, tell us a little bit, like, about Mormonism, like. You know, we're definitely um, more on the evangelical side, so that's uh, that's outside of our wheelhouse a little bit. A little right. bit. So, um, basic the basic foundation of Mormon belief is going to go with uh, the Americas. Um, the Bible follows uh, the Middle East and the Old World, and uh, Mormons believe that after Christ was resurrected. He, before he ascended back into heaven, he went to people that are, in quote, not of this fold. And he came to the Americas and taught the individuals that were living in here in the Americas and taught them because, you know, God loves everybody. He gave the people here in the Americas the same opportunities and all that, and then descended up into heaven. Right. And so um, from the belief side of things, uh, that's kind of the big diversion 
from Mormonism is the Book of Mormon is the records and accounts of what happened here in America. Right. Well, I'm really glad that you didn't go straight to the golden plates because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this is where everybody, like, when they hear Mormonism, they go straight to the golden plates. Um, so you gave, like, an actual, like, foundational belief for Mormonism. Right. Um, which I think is kind of the difference when you have somebody who actually lived in the faith, um, that they're going to give you that and honest, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. perspective yeah. on it. You know, if you ask me, like, tell me about how Mormon is right. Well, Joseph Smith <laughs> started with this. And he was trying to marry his thirteen-year-old cousin. <laughs> so. Right, right, and and that's just a really big thing. Like Mormonism um, will definitely focus on that America's side of things when they're talking to somebody else. Um, I'm, I'm not Mormon. <laughs> right. And so, um, one of the big things that was a turnoff for me when I started coming back and studying Mormonism from the quote unquote outside, uh, was all the sales pitches and tactics. And they actually talk to you about what stuff to talk about first. Right. right. You, know, you start talking about Joseph Smith, nobody's going to even let you, you know, open the door in a conversation to take you seriously. You start talking about, Hey, God loves everyone including the people that lived here in Americas and people are, will stop and they'll think it's like, you know, that makes sense. God does love everyone. And then they let the conversations continue from there. Right. It, one thing I've, that always stuck out to me, it's, it's kind of in that same wheelhouse, but it's a little bit different yeah. um, is back when I was agnostic as well, we had some Mormon missionaries that okay. came to uh, a place that we rented together. And uh, they, their big thing was, you know, we'll, Read these scriptures yeah. and pray, even if you don't believe it. Read these scriptures and pray, right. uh, which is really that like we want you. We're gonna help you create this experience within yourself, right? Even if you don't believe it, like fake it till you make it. Almost. Yes. If any of you lack wisdom, let you ask of God. They take a King uh, King James version of the Bible scripture to help to enforce that, especially if you're already Christian. It's like, you should pray about this so that you can gain wisdom about it. Using scripture to enforce their own beliefs. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Christian, have you had any like exposure to Mormon missionaries or people within the Mormon church at all? Believe it or not, no. <laughs> well, it, missionaries, no, but people, yeah. I mean, uh, but it wasn't people that were too terribly focused on trying to get me converted. It was just more along the lines of... You know, people being in school, hey, I'm Mormon. Okay, that's cool. Right. <laughs> I'm Christian. <laughs> right. Now, I want, I, I want to say this real quick before we go any further. Uh, for anybody that's listening, like, we don't want you guys to think that we're, like, on this Mormon bash fest right now. Um, even if there's anybody Mormon that's missing. Yeah. You're listening. Like, we love you. Uh, we want we, your perspective. Yeah. We, we don't think of you any differently. Um, it's just at the end of the day, like, your theology and our theology just doesn't line up. Right. Um, and... If you want to talk about that, like, feel free to go to our Facebook page and let's talk. Give, give some dialogue. We will we will engage and we'll be respectful. We'll be loving to you. Um, so we want to make sure that that's out there before we we go any further. Because I'm gonna be honest, like, we're we're not we're not super big on Mormon theology. Um, Jamie's had yeah. experiences that have made him not super big on it. Um, so we just don't want you to think that we're bashing. Like yeah, we right. want to give you the opportunity as well if you if you are Mormon and you're listening. So right at the at the end of the day, a lot of religions I view the exact same way as I do with Mormonism. Um, you know, I don't I don't hate Mormons by any means. My mom's a Mormon. I love my parents. I love, right. I still love most of the people that I went to church with. 
You know, I have nothing against them. I have nothing against their religious beliefs. I just don't agree with it. Right. Well, he well he, he he does hate evangelicals, though. I mean, we had to tie him up and bring him here. Right. Yeah. He's literally <laughs> tied to the chair right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we've actually, I've got my bathtub filled up, and we're just getting ready to, like, go take the chair in there and just document ourselves. <laughs> Be baptized. <laughs> Here's water. Why wait? That's, that's why I'm overweight, because y'all can't even drag me to the bathtub. <laughs> uh, so, so, Jamie, um... You know, like, have you had any negative experiences from, I mean, personal negative experiences from that Mormon belief? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say yes. Um, but at the same time, just to, to put that out there, I was bullied by Christians in high school. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's the individuals, not the religion itself. Um, right. There were some very judgmental individuals that I grew up with. Um, even people around the church kind of were like, I don't really agree with this person. I don't like this person. Um, <laughs> and, and that's what they do. They, she would go around and she would constantly point out all the things that are going to cause you to go to hell. And she would go and she'd gossip about it. And, <laughs> you know, and sadly, that's, that's not exclusive to Mormonism. No, right. definitely not. Right, right. Um, you know, in, in uh, evangelical terms, we call that legalism. <laughs> yeah. um, right, right. And, and, and again, like uh, I want to use some Christianese here. That's it's that you know Armenian type thought. Um, and again, if you're Armenian out there, like not bashing you, just theology doesn't line up with mine. Yeah, legalist. Um, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> um, and, and so we, and you even you do see that with less Armenian churches. Well, I mean. Yeah. We um, to give an example, even with the church we we go to, yeah. um, I'll, I'll, you know, won't name any names. They're not there anymore. But I have had experiences at the church that we attend, which is way more on that Calvinist end, yeah. that Reformation end. Um, that you know, people have come to me and been like, "Hey, why did you not come to church this one weekend? Why was that a convention? Well, is it?" Jesus more important than a convention. Um, you know, that, that happens even within churches that are a little more on that reform side. Right. Right. Um, and, right. and that's something we've just got to be better about in general. Um, yeah. I, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, reformed people um, who <laughs> they're very legalistic, even still, like you got to believe our doctrine kind of thing. And maybe not so much like that per se. It comes across that way though. Um, Especially, well, especially I see I see a lot of cessationists do it. Right. Like, oh, you speak in tongues. You're speaking of the devil. Right. Right. Um, and the thing is, is like at the end of the day, um, for for those of our listeners that that are more involved in the Christian theology, like we've got to be better about not only how we treat you know people outside of our churches, we've got to be better about how we treat each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Agreed. By our love. Together. By our love. Um, because at the end of the day, um, for Jamie having these negative experiences within the Mormon church, how many people are out there that within our churches are having those same experiences? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and we have to be self-reflective. Like, am I right. doing that? Um, because at the end of the day, uh, that's not what it's about. Like, it's not about our right. theology. You know, right. it's always about oh, theology. It's not about our theology. <laughs> right. um, it, it, it's about whether or not we're reflecting Christ. Right. What, and again, what I was just saying this earlier, uh, what did Jesus say? How will the world know that we are his disciples? By our love for one another. Right, right. So, but in a, in a sense, I'm, I'm going to be quoting a song that I heard a while back. The, the truth of God is found in love. Our, our theology should be backed and drenched in love. 
Right. There's, um, uh, I think it's Revelations. It talks about um, you can identify false prophets by their fruits. And you can identify an individual by their fruits. What they produce, the type of people that, Mm -hmm. uh, the way that people change around them. If somebody starts hanging out with you and they start changing for the negative, then you yourself are bearing fault or uh, bad fruit. Right. And so I believe uh, that was Matthew, by the way, it may be Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I, I could be way up. It's been, it's been years since <laughs> I've gone through. Clearly I, you've studied though. It's, oh yeah. No, that's actually, that's actually a, a Mormon thing. Uh, yeah. When I was in uh, high school, we actually did a year on each uh, aspect of the scripture. We did in the old Testament where we did an entire year before high school. I had to wake up an extra hour before high school <laughs> and go over the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Book of Mormon. Right. So well, One of the things we talked about uh, as we were kind of doing our, our prep, uh, oh, yeah. because we, we prep a lot, we, we decided to start talking before the podcast so that we kind of got in that mindset. Uh, for our listeners out there, you say, you know, maybe we'll record that as bonus content one day. That'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like uh, that. But um, but one of the so things we were talking about, <laughs> <laughs> some of the things we were talking about, it's like I'm, I'm more on the historical knowledge of Mormonism um, than, yeah. than the religious uh, knowledge. Because uh, Mormonism fascinates me in a lot of ways. Right. Um, Fascinating. But, um, one of the things that when you look at Mormonism, the Mormon church and the Campbellite churches have a common ancestor. Um, they come from the same place. Uh, Alexander Campbell, the person who founded the church of Christ actually was friends with Joseph Smith. They are contemporaries. And I did not know that. And yeah. the plot, and the plot <laughs> but, see, but see, both, both the, the Campbellites and the Mormons want to avoid that knowledge. They don't. Right. They don't want to be associated with each other. Right. Uh, but if you look at it, um, it, it's there, and it's just that they're they they both started out in the same place. Joseph Smith went one way, Campbell went another way, and so the whole thing with it is, um, if you look at how much the Campbellites, how much they put on studying, uh, how much emphasis they put on that. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense when you look at that common ancestor between the two churches. Right. Um, that there would be this studious aspect to it. Sure. Right. Sure. So, uh, Jenny, like, for, for people who are non Mormon, like, what is the biggest difference between Mormonism? And, and I know, like, I, I don't want to go to the whole right, right. co-op thing and, like, no, <laughs> right, 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 right. Because right, right, right. everybody knows that. But like, what is what is something that's a difference between what you've seen from Mormonism and evangelical Christianity that the normal non-Mormon wouldn't know? Okay, um, this is going to be more of the perspective of a Mormon that is not from Utah. Um, <laughs> there's a big difference between Utah Mormons and Mormons that are from pretty much everywhere else that I've noticed. See, before um, meeting you, I actually did not know that. I mean, I know that there's okay. different denominations and stuff like that, but I, I kind of figured it all kind of combined right. together. Well, I mean, I think what you do is you compare the difference between a, a Christian that grew up in the Bible Belt Versus a Christian that grew up in an area where there are not a lot of religious individuals. Sure. Like um, New York. Right. In, <laughs> in uh, Utah, I think the population's like, you know, 85, 90% Mormon. Right. right. And so they're around everyone. Everybody takes it for granted. And they just, they, they do their thing. You know, right. it's, it's just like, you know, they act like 
a lot of the individuals that I hear where they'll, they'll talk it and they'll preach it, but they don't act it or live it. Um, where, where I am, um, I hear a lot of Christians talk about um, being discriminate, discriminated because of their religious beliefs. But if you go to high school and you ask you who's a Christian, 90% of the people raise their hand. I'm like, who's discriminating you? Um, That's a good point. I I do talk about that a lot, actually, not not on here, but in general. Right. And so um, I've noticed a lot of that. Um, But I was told by my friends that they weren't allowed to be friends with me anymore just because I was a Mormon. Right. Um, Wow. And so with a lot of that stuff, you know, I didn't have a, real friend until the fourth grade. And that's when I realized that I didn't have real friends beforehand because I had nothing to compare it to. Right. Um, right. But I was also a weird kid. So there's that too. It's not just because I was a Mormon. Um, well, that, that's right. one thing we have in common. So, so right. let me, let me get this right. Cause I want to make sure that the, that the answer you're giving here is, is clear. It's like what, yeah. the, that difference that you're talking about is that Mormonism is such a minority in the South, which is where mm-hmm. we're recording from, right. right? That you that you have additional struggles socially because of it, because you are part of a, a minority religion, right? Um, the only other people that shared my religious beliefs was my sister, and we did my. I graduated the year she moved up <laughs> into mm-hmm. high school. Right. Um, so, so, so yeah. guys out there, like what that tells us, like this, this to me is, is big. This is, this is a big deal because what that says is we need to be better about what we teach our kids when it comes to treating people that believe different. Right. And ultimately what we would have to do is what we would have to teach our kids is more or less learn to be friends with somebody, but not let somebody's personality or beliefs dictate what we believe. Right. Or anything like that. Dictate who you are, you know, that you're your inner makeup, so to speak. Right. Right. Uh, but guys, that's I think it's I think that's big. I think. Thank, you for, thank you for sharing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah that, was, that was a big thing for me when I was younger. The, the only other thing was when you are, you know, the smaller person or the, mm-hmm. the, the minority in the right. group, um, things tended to stand out more when you would make a mistake. Right. Yes. And so I've I noticed, uh, you know, especially with the adult leadership, is that you know the the Mormons that were coming to church all day every day were very open and embracing people. They were very, you know, they they followed what they preached. Sure. Versus, you know, in the South, and I, I understand it's a numbers game. Like, because right. I'm no, I'm not a Mormon anymore. You know, I can see, right. I see it from the outside. It's a numbers game. Because it was a smaller niched group, people were watching each other more. People were following their faith more. Right. You know, you didn't see the Mormon going out to the party and drinking. He was right. he was following the beliefs of his you know religion. And don't get me wrong, the kids still got out there and drank occasionally. But you know, right. you know, when I was growing up, I know of two people that had actually drinking alcohol in the entire youth group of like fifteen kids. Wow, you know, uh, 
You know, and, and I think I think I can speak to that a little bit too with being a part of the minority religion, having grown up Church of Christ, considering yeah. how small that church is. Um, I, I, I experienced some of that. Like, mm-hmm. um, of course, I was even on the outside of the Church of Christ. So, like, <laughs> you know, I was an outsider on every realm because I couldn't hang out with the Baptists, which was the majority in our area, because I was Church of Christ. But Church of Christ people didn't like me either. Right. So, but but I feel that because um, you know it was like a magnifying glass is on you at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, like I just didn't care. So of course I got hell every which way I got. Right. Went, you know, right. And I'm talking about when I say I got hell, I'm not talking about people just showing. Oh, I got literal hellfire thrown at me. You know, <laughs> like that constantly. Uh, that if I didn't figure it out, that I was going to hell. Yeah. Um, now I am. Using hyperbole, it's not like, you know, our preacher elders were that mean to me. Right. Um, but it's still like it was one of those things. It was really punishing as a kid to like constantly be, you know, you got to get your life right because, you know, you're going to go to hell if you don't watch out. And, right. I remember the first time I cussed in public. It was in high school. Ooh. And it was close to the end of my, it was uh, right at the end of my sophomore year. And everybody made such a huge deal about it. And I didn't even tell them I was going to do it. I'd already made my decision. I was going to do it. And, you know, I was in, that was my big, I'm a bad person, was, so, like, that was, I was that cussing was pre- in high school. That was a premeditated F-bomb, really? It was. It, was, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't an F-bomb. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. No, 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 no. Which, which bomb were we talking here? Which, which, S. 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 Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, you know. My, I mean, my, you still can't say it on television, so it's bad enough. Right, right, right. right. It's not and, quite as bad, but you know. Right. And so um, I had already had it had it planned out and everything like that. But it was a sophomore year of high school. Everybody else cussed. And that was the big thing. I didn't drink caffeine at that point, which that's a really extreme thing. You know, not everybody does. Did anything. you wear the special underwear? No, I wasn't old enough to wear the special oh, underwear. Okay. <laughs> Wait, they have special underwear? Christian's face. Like, you should have seen it, guys. Like, I really wish we had a camera right there. Because Christian's eyes got big. And he literally looked between me and Jamie like... What are you guys talking about? <laughs> I, had no, I had no idea. Tell me about so, this. Hold on. We, okay. we, can we go on a rabbit trail for a second? Yeah, we're going to call the special okay. underwear. So the uh, the rabbit trail for the for the special underwear. Special underwear is one of the things that people like to bring up to Mormons when they find out that you're Mormon. Um, so the special underwear is a very thin garment. That you wear underneath your clothing. It is both a top and a lower piece of garment. Um, Are they short sleeve or long sleeve? Short sleeve. Okay. Um, and men and women both wear them. And I don't know the entire spiritual significance to it. It's a bunch of sim- uh, symbolism type of stuff. Um, however, I do know that married couples wear them. And it's supposed to be like a, a last level reminder for being unfaithful and that type of thing. When you get down to it, you see it and it's like the ribbon on your finger reminding you, wait, what am I doing? Right. So kind of um, like a purity ring. Yeah. It's kind of like a purity ring. Um, now there, there is, you know, a deeper spiritual significance to it. You're supposed to go to the temple and when you're married in the temple and, and this and that, I didn't get married in the Mormon temple. Um, he hasn't got so, married at all, so he's single, right. ladies. Well, no, he's dating somebody. Go. Step back. Step Woo! back. For a minute. <laughs> I'm 
sorry, Jennifer. It wasn't me. <laughs> oh, I'm not sorry, Jennifer. You can get over it. <laughs> I don't know who Jennifer is, but I'm definitely sorry. I didn't even say anything. This is going to be the one episode Jennifer listens to. So, anyway. <laughs> I love you, Jennifer. He's only saying that because I said you're going to listen to <laughs> no, 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 no. He's good. He actually says good things about you behind your back. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so that's the that's the thing with the uh, the magical Mormon underwear. They have their miracle stories of things that have happened where, you know, somebody is they, – they fall asleep, house fire type of thing, and the individual was not burned underneath where the garments were touching and laying. Right. And so there, there's the stories here and the stories there. Yeah. And so, cool, cool. Well, Jamie, um, I kind of want to go ahead and move on to your questions because I feel like we've been drilling you. We've been like coming at you for like the last thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's good. Um, This is this is all you, man. Like, what do you have to try to hit us with? Okay, so I have to start with uh, this particular question because this is a a question that I like to ask uh, Christians when. You know, I have these types of conversations with them. And the first question is, is God all-knowing, all-loving, and fair and just? I would say on a theological level, that's that's kind of like a basic theology. Yeah, I would say. And so my next question ends up being a, is this person saved or not? And it's a question that you know mormonism has an answer to which you know they'll find an answer to anything if you ask them and they they go back and pray about it they can right. come up with their own answers because they can pray and seek wisdom mm-hmm. um and so <clears throat> the question ends up being there's that tribe in africa right that's never even seen a white man so this individual was born grown died and never even had the opportunity to hear Right. That somebody existed named Christ. And God knew this individual was going to be raised, born, and die without ever having received that opportunity. Is he going to heaven? Is he going to hell? Or is there a third option? Is there a third option? This sounds like a question that Ravi Zacharias would be really good at answering. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of him or not. Oh, I don't like Ravi. I like I love Ravi. Uh, <laughs> I've so, heard some of his apologetics, and as a former agnostic, I sit here and go, if I heard you whenever I was agnostic, I would be further away from Christ right now. Well, I mean, and I, see, I, I'm not an apologist. Um, though that's a that is a very difficult question to answer, mm-hmm. uh, admittedly. Um, I think one thing that we'll have to look at is our own view of the ultimate of good. Right. Um, Because biblically, whenever we look at Yahweh, he is love, but if he's love, then he has to be righteous. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think our... Our issue is the the different... Our different... Our our own human view of what the ultimate of good looks like Mm -hmm. versus a biblical view. Um... We look at God, he's the ultimate righteous being, he's the absolute good, is what I'm saying, the absolute. Um, And then we look at us, you know, because of the fall of Adam, we're we're not, we're we're fallen, we're fallen beings, we're sinners. Um, Yeah, the natural man is an enemy of God. Right. Uh, Unrighteous. Yeah. Uh, So, 
awesome. Yeah, it's, it, it really is. And, and it, sadly, um, I do feel like we, we get into the philosophical realm when we get there. Right. Um, right, right. Because then, I, then, the, then the discussion of predestination comes in right. and things like that. Because yeah. my answer is going to my, – my answer is going to be offensive to most of our audience. Sure. Um, because, you know, I'm, I'm definitely on that end of the fact that I think that falls into the same category as a child who doesn't understand right. their sin yeah. yet. Um, because and very well could be, you know, yeah. but, but there's, there's a problem that creates that's been brought to my attention by people that I've talked to about it before sure. of mm-hmm. like, well, then why should we share the message of Christ? Because now we're condemning these people. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and, and the fact of the matter is, is like, I think that goes back to purpose. The right. reason why we share Christ with these people who are secure because they're in that ignorance mm-hmm. is because Christ brings purpose into our life. Because sure, yeah. we, we, we always focus so much on the afterlife. And Jamie, it's, it's a common fallacy for someone who is outside of yeah, Christianity yeah. That, to think that's where we go to because that's what we talk about so much to people who aren't in the church. <laughs> but at the end of the day... Um, God has intentions for us today in our lives. Right. And that is the importance of bringing that message to these people that are in that ignorance that I do believe are secure in the afterlife. Right. Because God wants better for them now, not just after they die. Right. Well, I guess I think to put it in better terms would be God wants eternity for them now. Right. Not just better things. I, I feel like that's kind of like a vain term. Well, <laughs> better things. I mean, we can get better better things just by making our own lives better. Right. You know, well, I think eternity like common, starts now. Yeah, it's, it's kind of that common misconception that we'll have eternal life after we die. It's like, no, if you actually look at it, eternal life has already started right. in Christ. Right. Right. Um, so I guess to kind of answer the best that I can anyways to answer your question um, – yeah, I still believe God is just and, and, and yeah. righteous and loving, and even still, because we we do have the cross of Christ. Yeah. Um. And I, I, I do believe that God shows mercy. Um. I, I'm one of those people <laughs> that believes the whole uh, deathbed testimony of Anton Lavey. I don't know if you've heard of that one or not, but basically, uh, he was on his deathbed, and allegedly Christ revealed Himself to Anton Lavey in a vision, and he wakes up in, a, in utter terror. We were all wrong. Right. We were all wrong. I, I'm a firm believer in, you know, Christ revealing himself in those moments. Well, that's, that's, I mean, I believe that's that's pretty biblical with the thief on the cross. You know, right, like right. The dude's yeah, literally yeah. hanging on a contraption that's going to kill him in the next 12 hours. Right. And right. Jesus is like, yeah, you're going to be in heaven with me here in the morning. Like, it's cool, dude. Yeah. You know? yeah, <laughs> so, right. yeah it, it, I mean, there was the other thief that was not humble and did right. not receive, obviously. But... It, it, it is a fine line in a lot of cases in those areas. That's why Jesus does tell us to preach the gospel to all nations. Right. Because there are people that haven't heard. Um, I, I think the most loving thing a Christian can do is preach, mm-hmm. uh, contrary to what uh, what um, political correctness says. Right. You know, right. I think, I mean, you, you look at uh, a different, uh, one of the, popular atheist he said that if if i was a christian and i did believe that the bible was real i would go to the ends of the earth and be preaching to all these people because i would know right you know that they were on their way 
to another place. Right, right. So, uh, do you have a follow-up to that? Like, anything you want to ask of either one of our perspectives of that? Uh, well, this is more of um, with where I kind of ended up standing with a question. Because while I'm not religious, I do believe that if there is a higher being, that he operates in, in certain ways. And, you know, I've, I've put most of my belief into, you know, Christianity. Most of my time has been studying Christianity. And so uh, if there is a Christian God, I believe two big points are, are to be brought up about this. And right. one is that, you know, people look at, you know, studying the Bible and they look at it as if now they know everything and that everything is in the Bible. We don't know how God operates. And for all we know, there's more to that question that we will never know the answer to because we don't need to know the answer to. Why do we need to know the answer to that question? Because, you know, that's, God would take care of that. And, I'm going to look it up. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, no, sorry. I'm, no, 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 I, I, think, I think the opening, you know, opening the box that we put God in is, is actually a really important um, thing that you're you're put putting forth there, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because we've talked about that before, actually, in previous episodes about how we kind of put God in a box. Uh, but it kind of reminds me, actually, of the biblical story of mm-hmm. the Ethiopian eunuch who is traveling, and yeah, he has scripture, but he has nothing New Testament. He just has Old Testament like right. uh, scriptures, and you know, he is in the process of being convicted by the Holy Spirit and God provided a way for him in the middle of that. Um, Now, from our current putting God in a box perspective, that really shouldn't be possible. But when we let let God out of the box and and, and let him just be God, be an all-powerful, omniscient, omnipotent, all-loving, all-knowing, just being, Mm He'll operate outside of what our constraints are for him. Absolutely. Right. Uh, and I, I pull up this C.S. Lewis quote, but I, I, I want to say this. Um, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Sorry. Uh, Theology is like a map. Merely learning and thinking the Christian doctrines, if you stop there, is less real and less exciting than the sort of thing my friend got in the desert. Doctrines are not God. They are only a kind of map, but the map is based on the experience of hundreds of people who really worked in touch with God. Mm-hmm. Experiences compared with the many thrills of pious feelings you and I are likely to get on our own, very elementary and very confused. Uh, and secondly, if you want to get any further, you must use the map. So like how that relates to what you were saying um, as far as Christians being all knowing, as soon as they, if what they believe in the Bible, you know, it's we're not supposed to put God in a box, or even so much as I would say, and I may be saying this wrong, I might offend a couple people, but, <laughs> but you know, closely putting God in, in our Bible, right? Uh, our Bibles are not God, right? It's it's the roadmap to that experience of the God. We we through that we. We learn his nature. We learn about who he is or learn the, the beginnings of who he is, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We learn to, you know, go through that search, you know, in relationship, you know. Right. We, but we learn about him just in the word alone. I would say it's, it's, it's a roadmap <laughs> to the experience. Yeah. 
No, very much so. And and that's I, I enjoy talking about people's religious beliefs and um, the theory and theology behind everything. Uh, I, I I also believe science. Um, I don't. I believe, agree. I don't believe that science and religion are opposites. I believe science and <laughs> I believe I believe that science and arrogance are opposites. Come on, that's nice. fair. That's good. And yeah, so, that's real good. And the I problem like and the the reason why um, religion and science appears to be the opposites that are fighting is because individuals tend to hold on too closely to certain details and out of pride adopt arrogance mm-hmm. to the science. Right. Um, well, I think we do the same in religion. Let's, let's be yeah, real. Yeah. Like we, we do the same in religion. Yeah. With the, with different denominations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's that, that we, we gotta be fair on that. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, religion and science are just two sides of the same coin. Um, if something is true religion, the science is going to fit. And right. if something is true science, religion is going to fit. Right. Um, and, and at the end of the day, um, either side, if you, you become so enamored with either side of that coin, then you're, you are literally ignoring half of what's there. Right. Um, and that's the reason why, you know, I, I come from such a scientific place, even though uh, I am a Christian. Um, that's the reason why I don't sit here and go, oh, carbon dating. I got to figure out what, what what way to prove it wrong. Mm-hmm. Or evolution is just a theory when that is the most. I'm sorry. It's it's like if science theory is fact. Right. Right. Because gravity is proven and it's still the theory. theory of gravity. Don't right. tell that um, to the flat earthers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, with, within scientific terms, it, it's, it, you know, a theory is just an observable fact. Right. Um, the, the only difference between it and something else is it's not something you can necessarily replicate. Right. Like, I can't replicate the creation of gravity. Right. So I can't say, you know, well, you know, like, oh, gravity is the scientific fact of gravity. Right. You know, but we know it's there. Can you it's uh, observable? Can you right. replicate the creation of matter? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but quantum physics can't equate for it. Not yet. But the so, so the whole thing is is like uh, I, I know kind of felt like I was kind of following what rabbit there, but I, I want to make sure that that's um, you know that 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 you, you guys know my heart on it is not that. Um, I go, hey, young earth creationism is, is dumb because I don't come from that pride from the stance. So right. like, um, I come from more of a stance of I want us to be able to, as a church, embrace the science that makes God more beautiful in my eyes. And I want to share that with people. Right. It's time to for a lot of Christians to do a lot of self-reflection, I think, when it comes to pride and things, what you guys were just talking about. Uh we got to admit our own faults here. I think that's one of the that's one reason why this podcast even exists. It's for self reflection and to have an honest reflection of ourselves and the stuff that we do and the stuff that's in our hearts. Right. Uh, pride is a very big thing in Christianity that nobody talks about. Right. right. Um, and I think that pride 
is what causes that what, what is what pushes people who don't believe away. And I want to see, can I give a shout out real quick? Go for it. To, I, I want to give a shout out to our friend, Kenneth. Yeah. Um, Kenneth is, is a guy that, that me and Christian go to church with. Uh, I led worship Ken, with him. Yeah, Kenneth, Kenneth is, is a young earth creationist. Yeah. That me and him a few weeks ago before COVID shut everything down, uh, me and him sat in our lobby and had a discussion on young earth creationism versus old earth creationism. And I think the way that Kenneth handled it is the way is something that should be imitated by right. other members of the church because Kenneth very much came from a place of like, hey, here's here's why I believe that it's young earth. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, you know, here's here's why I have this understanding, while at the same time asking for better understanding for my perspective. Right. Um, so you know I know Kenneth listens, so I want to like, dude, like, thank you for that. Yes, sir. Uh, and anybody else out there, like, that's that is how you have these discussions without pride getting in the way. Right, right. Yeah, that's a a really big thing for me is when you're having a discussion with somebody, especially somebody who's agnostic. Mm-hmm. Um, don't try to convince them of your belief. It's not that you're trying to convert somebody with the belief while you're having this discussion, right? Have the discussion, listen to what they're saying, because that's a big thing of communication is listening. And when you miss that listening, there's not going to be communication. If, if you start going, um, the arrogant trying to convince me, um, of, of this and you're right. And you're not even willing to listen to what my half of the, or what my beliefs are. I'm not going to listen to you. Right. Right. Um, I'm going to shut you off because we're not having a real conversation here. Right. You're, you're, you're trying to sell me something and I'm not necessarily interested in buying when I'm having this conversation with you. You'll get further with right. me just, just discussing it, you know, cause I, uh, as somebody who hasn't ruled out the possibility of a higher being, I enjoy having these conversations with people Yeah, and I will talk with you a lot more. Right. How are we doing so far, by the way? Oh, I'm enjoying the conversation. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, awesome. so, so, we love you, dude. Just you know, saying. Give us another question, Matt. Yeah. Go what else? It. What else you got for us today? Um, that's kind of my my big go to. Um, because I've had a lot of people that have gotten really stubborn, and be like, no, this person's going to hell. I was like, well, then is he all loving? Um. Let's see. We want you to challenge us. Like, give us something that you've thought of that makes you go, this is why right now I couldn't believe in Christianity. Okay. And ask us that. Okay. Right now, one of the biggest things that is holding me back, and this may be more of a statement than it is a question. Sure. Um, Right now, one of the biggest things that's holding me back from Christianity is that... Really, is that it all ends up coming back on faith, and it's no matter which religion that it is I'm talking to. If I'm talking to somebody that is um, is if I'm talking to somebody that believes in Islam, and I'm talking to them, and I'm going through this individual has just as strong a faith and believes in it so much, and that is his backing for why he believes it. But then I turn around and I talk to a Christian who also ends up coming down and his faith is right there. And that's the reason why he believes it so deeply. And so the question ends up coming down to 
If this individual believes it with all his heart, and that's why it's true, but this individual believes it with all his heart, and they believe that that's true, then there either has to be multiple truths or faith isn't enough. And so, and, and I, I like what I've heard about uh, the Hindu belief is, um, I believe it's the Hindu belief. It's been a couple of years since I've spoken to anybody about that. Where, and, and I think Ronnie pointed that one out to me before, is that they believe that it is one being, but he, that he appears to people in different forms and gives them the information that those individuals need. And that's why. That sounds a lot like the Baha'i religion. It may be. Yeah. It may be. Um, so the, the basically, um, I, I know where exactly where you're coming from because because right. that's where where I was, and um, it's it's something I always go back to people whenever talking because usually people figure out I'm agnostic. I've had a lot of people ask, well, you know, what what changed, or you know, help me understand how to better talk to people that are agnostic or atheist. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, um, this is a big reason why I don't do Christian apologetics very much. And I don't really support Christian apologetics except for as an edification of the church Right, is because of the fact that you're never going to convert an agnostic or an atheist. By debate, by, by by that apologetics. Right, right. Now, there may be that one in a thousand, one in a million. That yeah. So I don't want to say never, but there's, right. but it's very low chance. Yeah. What's gonna what what it takes for somebody that is in that agnostic or atheist belief is something experiential, right? Um, which is, you know, what happened with me, and and the thing is, yeah. is God God operates in that, like. Um, I'm, I'm 100% am on board with that because I've, I've been there and I've felt that that experience. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, Christian even kind of gave me the uh, kind of, um, but, but I mean, it's, it, it's one of those things where um, most people that I know that have come from a non-believing background mm-hmm. or a questioning background, um, typically the domino that tips over is that they experience God in a real way. Right, uh, right. And a, not just in a, I read a scripture or, uh, you know, right. felt good during a song, but Fair they enough. experience something within themselves because at the end of the day, the agnostic or the atheist is looking for empirical evidence and our right. apologetics is never going to give that. But a person's individual experience is enough empirical evidence to themselves right. to change that viewpoint. Right. right. Now, it may not be the empirical evidence that I go, hey, Jamie, here's the experience I went through for you to be able to shift on that. Right. right. But if you experience something yourself that you can't explain, right. that you can't find an explanation for, and you know it has to be God, then that would be the empirical evidence you would need. Well, and that that, that kind of I, I kind of give you this not this really a stink eye, but yeah, they yeah, maybe uh, I, I do agree that there has to be an experiential level. Um, uh, but you obviously, you know, you can have experiences with anything. You know, you got to make sure. I mean, it, it, it's got to be theological. It's got to be right. the God of the universe. It's the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, <laughs> uh, drawing you to Himself. Right. Um, but that's. On the experiential side, I would I would agree with you only because 
whenever the disciples went out and preached, and whenever you look at the book of Acts, or even in the, the Gospels, uh, in Luke, whenever he told them to go out and preach, you know, what, what was the commission? To heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, cast out demons. That's, the, the, what, is, what does the Bible say? What, what, what's uh, Mark, or not yeah, Mark? They're Pastor going out and showing their fruits. Yeah. And what's Pastor Rob's viewpoint on signs and wonders? Yeah, we don't chase after them, but instead they follow us. Yeah, they follow the believer. I mean, I, I think that's proof. That should be enacting an, an active proof, so to speak. You know, when whenever we're preaching, we're praying for people and watching them be healed. I'm sorry, I'm charismatic. I'm sorry. Oh no, you're good. I'm a I'm a charismatic Christian, so I'm kind of going off into the charismatic realms a little bit. Uh, but yeah. I, I agree a certain level of experience has to be in that. Right. And I, I, I want to just real quick, uh, never apologize for that because I just came from like the hard, the cold, hard intellectual side of it. Right. <laughs> and so like, you know, I think it was good to balance that out with that because, right. uh, and I think that's part of the reason why, uh, you know, me and you have such good conversation is because of the fact that I can, I can hit it from that cold, hard intellectualism and right. you can come in from that more charismatic side. Yeah, that, so. that, yeah. that, that's why I chose you to be my co-host, man. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, the, the thing is, is um, I, I would uh, actually say to you, Jamie, that mm-hmm. uh, I don't necessarily think that it comes down just to faith. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, um, our God operates in the real world. Right. Um, and he can do things that are empirical that are proven um and and he can do that to you um so you know that again that's not an attempt to try to convert you but uh it's it's to answer your statement there that's Um, that's the ulterior motive right right. there (laughs) (laughs) and don't get me wrong like faith is super super important to to, to christianity it's foundational right right grace through faith um but the uh, <laughs> the difference is uh i see a lot and i've seen this um you know you've known my my personal search as well Jamie, that i've right. searched within other religions is it's just like mormonism right what was mormonism well you've got to dig into this and you've got to believe it or fake it till you make it and then the faith will come and then you'll see the things right right but the god of the bible doesn't operate that way. The God of the Bible will do things before people believe. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, the, we go back to the Ethiopian eunuch. Uh, he was not a Christ believer before that happened. Right. Um, and God showed up and delivered um, Paul. Right. Paul was persecuting the Christians. And yeah, Christ yeah, came yeah. himself and was like, hey, dude, um, <laughs> let's right. uh, let's fix this, man. Right. Like, <laughs> you know. You're going to be blind for three days. And then a believer is going to come and pray for you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to heal you right now. But this is what's going to happen. And this exactly happened. And then so. you're going to be my CEO. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you better not call yourself that, though. Right. Be humble. Um, and, and, and Jamie, I do, I do believe that can happen for you. Um, yeah. You know, and and that's the thing. Uh, be a little personal here, like as a friend. Like if that happens, dude. Like I'm here. Right. If it doesn't, yeah, we're then both we'll, we'll, we'll still talk more. Yeah. <laughs> the most definitely. And like, if I had some type of an experience, yeah, I'd, I'd come and I'd talk to someone about it. I mean, <laughs> right. The, um, like here, this is going to end up being another one of my problems is 
I know that if I was to have one of those spirituals, I would probably logic it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie. It's, I, I, I went to church. <laughs> I, I was raised as a Mormon and I cannot deny that I felt very strongly. I, right. And sure. it was a very deep spiritual feeling that I was feeling. And that's, you know, part of my problem with the whole looking at, well, it comes down to faith, is that I know those people are feeling what I'm seeing and interpreting as the same thing. Now, it may not be the same thing. It could be a different feeling. I've never, I can't claim to have felt what I haven't felt. Right. You know, right. I'll be be real with you. For some people, that feeling is enough. Right. Um, It wasn't for me. Right. Um, And anybody can have emotionalism. Right. Um, the, the thing is, is like we talked uh, previously about how God will sometimes put you in a corner. Yeah. Just just for just to give you an experience with Christ. And we used the right. um, the prostitute that was about to be stoned mm-hmm. that she's looking at this as the worst day of my life. Mm-hmm. And Christ came along and was all of a sudden she's got an experience with, with Jesus Christ. Right. Um, and the thing is, is like that's more of what I'm talking about. Like. Because I didn't have just emotionalism, right. um, you know, it, right. it was a lot more than that. Like, um, Jamie, you knew where I was in my life oh, yeah. five years ago. Um, you know, I had had a woman living with me mm-hmm. who just completely ripped my heart out. And that was God starting to put me in this corner mm-hmm. um, where all of a sudden, by the end of it, I have this radical encounter yeah. that is unexplainable, mm-hmm. <laughs> except that this is a God. Right. That this is the God. Um, and there was no Can't question be. when it happened. So um, what you're saying is it couldn't even be explained away by, the, uh, not theology, psychology. Right? Uh, I, I believe so. Um, you know, because again, like, uh, you know, we think about like, where I was at that point in time. Right. Um, we'll get we'll get a little deep in this. Um, by the time that I actually had the more radical encounter, I'd already, from a secular point of view, started being able to heal from that and right. getting to a better place. But it also, you know, there were still those scars there that when I had the radical encounter, it was kind of like God's like, hey, you see those scars? <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, and Fair so um, I, I, I don't um, I don't believe, you know, that that psychology could explain the experience that I had. Um, I think it was very much a radical mm-hmm. um, restoration of who I am as a person. And, right. yeah. and, and we can't deny that since I've had that experience, that um that the sacrifice that I, that I laid before God, which was my life, that it hasn't been honored. Now that's, I don't want to get into like right. prosperity gospel here, um, but compared to living in squalor where I just had trash all in my room all the time because I hated my life so much mm-hmm. to the fact that now I'm living and we're sitting here in a luxury apartment where I have a job making more money than I've ever made. Right. Um, you know, I, I believe that's God honoring that sacrifice. Um, sure. And I don't want to take my own hard work out of that. 
you know, because a lot of people will do that. You know, why are you like, you know, diminishing yourself? And it's like, it's not necessarily about diminishing myself, but, you know, at the same time, I wouldn't be as hard a worker. Right. If God hadn't done the work in me first. Right. Fair enough. Making making big of God in this situation. Right. It's not, not diminishing yourself, just exalting him. Right. right. More or less. Yeah. yeah. And I do believe there's a big difference. I mean, yeah, I think that, you know, pride is an important thing. It's when it goes too far. Um, I believe that balance is a, is a very key thing in life in general. Um, you have too much pride. That's bad. You don't have enough pride. Well, you're not a very healthy person either. You know, you can go too far. So then, then there's the balance where it's all, as all things should be. Who am I quoting? Thanos. <laughs> I run a comic con. Don't even try. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I, I knew, knew that. the plug was coming. I knew the plug <laughs> for the convention was coming. Oh my gosh. I didn't bring up the nerd stuff, okay? <laughs> hey, it is what it is. But he tried to test me, like <laughs> I did. Um, I did. Well guys, um, this has definitely been uh, one of the uh, this has been a very edifying episode. I agree. I, I feel like I've learned. Yeah. Um, I, I hope I, I hope we didn't appear as like we were being too preachy to you or anything oh, like that. Oh, by no means. Uh, uh, I, I, I felt like I wanted to listen a little bit more. Yeah. Um, that, that's, so. that's the big difference that I was saying is, you know, the listening in addition to speaking. Right. Politics can be very healthy, believe it or not. Right. And I right. like talking <laughs> politics on um, somebody that isn't arguing. Right. So. I think um, I feel like I'd be more prone to argue with you on that. One. Sorry. <laughs> and you can tell me if I'm being too forward here, Christian. But but I think this could be a repeat thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Most definitely. I think um, I think every once in a while, let's let's have you on and get that um, agnostic perspective a little bit. Better yet, let's right. uh, let's do a review of Christian movies just for fun. <laughs> oh Lord, no. <laughs> Uh, we'll spend the entire week watching things from, like, uh, I don't know, Facing the Giants or something like that, from along those lines, <laughs> yeah. and then we'll do our review. <laughs> we, we, we do more of a uh, an episode of where I'm talking to y'all about what uh, my beliefs on if there is a higher being and if there is a Christian God then I think that he fo- he follows this and that, that those types of rabbit holes. Yeah, sure. We'll, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk and we'll figure it out. Uh, guys out there in listener land, um, you know that I always want to give you guys a challenge for you to go on Facebook, on our Facebook page. And what I'm asking for this week is uh, I would love for you guys to go on Facebook and Give Jamie encouragement. Um, he took a big step. This is a yeah. realm that for an, somebody who isn't in the same thought process, the same theology, uh, can be very daunting. Um, and the only thing we ask that is be respectful. Let's, yeah. let's not get into like, hey, let's try to convert Jamie. But we do ask. <laughs> that's what I'd love to see is I'd love for you guys to come on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Give Jamie some encouragement. Yeah, give, him, um, give a little love. Yeah, for, for coming on here and, and doing something that could be intimidating. Yeah. Um, so. Well, it's intimidating for us, too. <laughs> Maybe not so much Ronnie. He's a little more intellectual than I am. I got a big brain, but I don't I have the way of enunciating it. What kind of a curveball is he going to throw? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, Christian, do you got any last words before we cut out this week? Uh, I just want to say thank you to the listeners again for, you know, even if you're just listening or whatever like that, you know. A big thank you, actually. You know, we, it, this is a big thing for us. We, this is something that I've been wanting to do for 
close to a year now. Right. So to, to finally be able to be putting out episodes, I feel like, you know, it's, it's a real blessing. And right. I just wanted to say that I love you guys. Jesus loves you. And uh, have a good rest of the week. Jamie, do you get anything before we go? I like pie. Okay, Jamie likes pie. So <laughs> I do too. It's a signature. So, so like pie emojis on the Facebook page. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Do it. All the pie do emojis. It. All the Kenneth, pie. Kenneth, you know what to do. I know you're listening. Uh, guys, we absolutely love you. We appreciate you listening. And we will see you next week.